This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. The weather being, of course, uh, something that buoys spirits when it's nice and uh, sunny, blue skies, not overly hot. But I got to say, the climate is one issue that has a lot of people saying uh, existential threat. And as a consequence, it's even got a, there's a term attached to it, echo grief. And uh, people are reporting that uh, there are greater incidences now of depression, anxiety, and even PTSD, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. To that end, uh, let's find out what the experts say. Oren Amate is one such registered psychologist and media commentator. Oren, good to have you back on the Oakley Show. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. So when it comes to uh, climate change or the perception of the changing climate, are you seeing an increase in some of these, uh, what do we call them, uh, mental illnesses because of? Well, whether it's actual mental illness or whether we're just seeing people feeling, you know, kind of extreme levels of depression or anxiety, I am seeing that both in my patients themselves and also they're reporting, I have a number of people reporting to me that uh, their kids are being exposed to discussions that they don't think they're ready to have. And that's causing a lot of anxiety uh, in the children. Well, boy, that's almost a whole other topic, but uh, let's explore that then. Is it possible that this alarmism is having detrimental impacts on young children when it comes to mental health? Definitely. Young children, teens, and adults, uh, including university students. And the problem is because such a, a culture of victimhood, of oppression, of you know, helplessness is being fostered, that that's all they're focusing on, that this is one more thing in their life that they have no control over and that can destroy them. And you put those two together, and of course people are going to you know, have this sense of you know, anxiety, if not terror. Well, all right. Uh, is it practical or realistic, or is it, again, the perception becomes the reality? Uh, how is this manifesting itself? Well, it's, it's manifesting itself in, as I mentioned, the depression, anxiety, whether clinical or you know, subclinical levels. Um, the PTSD that you mentioned, that's more along the lines of, in normal cases, people who've actually experienced real climate disasters, uh, like you know, wildfires, earthquakes, you know, hurricanes, that can cause PTSD. But to say that somebody is suffering such symptoms just because they think that the world could come to an end, that would normally not qualify. In other words, people imagining scenarios that have yet to come to pass. Right. They're projecting. They're projecting out. Yeah, and we call that catastrophizing. You know, you're literally imagining a catastrophe, uh, but that's not post-traumatic stress disorder. It's pre-trauma. All right. Well, climate anxiety, can we call it that? I think so, and but it, unfortunately, it's part of a larger uh, syndrome, which is that people have this need, and we've always had this, but it's being ramped up in the last number of years, that they need to find, quote-unquote, a bad guy. And so instead of trying, you know, whether families are talking with each other or telling children or telling themselves, instead of saying, you know what, we're going to manage, we're going to be okay, we're going to try our best, we're going to do what we can do uh, within our own lives, to make sure that we, you know, are okay, and we're going to hope that our leaders uh, are doing something right, uh, so we will be okay in the end. Instead of saying that, people want to point fingers and say, "Aha, bad person A or bad person B," and that the more that you make that bad person uh, a monster, that serves their cause in the sense of saying, 
I'm on the right side of, of politics. These monsters are on the other side. And in the end, it's not helping them. It really is fueling a sense of desperation, uh, despair, and uh, hopelessness. Sounds grossly irresponsible, doesn't it? It really does. And I'm sorry, but I'm hearing this. This is only anecdotal. I don't know if there's research on this, but I am hearing from a number of parents, and I'm getting emails from around the world, literally around the world, where they're saying because their teachers, the, the teachers of their children are promoting a certain agenda, when they talk about climate change, uh, they are presenting in a certain way that is unnecessarily exacerbating children's fears about this. And that, to me, is highly irresponsible, and it's unethical. Well, it's interesting because I saw something not too long ago, and I thought it was trending that uh, some young people are deciding not to have families, not to have kids, because they think the world they're going to inherit is too dismal and, uh, you know, it's, I don't know, some post-apocalyptic kind of a scenario that they've envisioned, I suppose. It reminds me of a a bit that uh, the, Brit- the, the the Scottish comic Billy Connolly used to do way back when, uh, when he talked about families not having kids because they feared the nuclear bomb or a conflagration or something. So this is just transposing another set of bogeymen, I guess, to a contemporary setting. And uh, But have you heard that too, where people expressing they're not going to have children or families because it's going to be too awful going forward? I have heard, you know, because I teach at the university, so I've had heard, I have heard a number of younger people um, talking like that. And as you say, though, this is something that's not unique to our, you know, this time and place because it had happened in previous uh, generations as well. But I'm hearing it on a much grander scale than before. Um, it's getting concerning. I'm hoping that when they become a bit older and they have a, a, a better sense of, let's say, their own security and stability and they realize the world hasn't ended in 16 or 12 years or whatever, uh, that they might be more uh, inclined to start families if that's what they so desire. My other concern, though, is I'm worried that a lot of people, not just about not having children, but they're saying, well, if we're not going to be around, why save? Why invest in the future? Why not just have fun now? And and we, that's already a quote-unquote crisis among young people where they're not investing in their futures, whether it's a career or savings, and they're living for the moment. This is giving them further motivation to do that. Yeah, a fatalistic approach. Oren Amate's with us, registered psychologist and media commentator, on the notion that uh, there are greater incidents of depression, anxiety, even PTSD, so it says, uh, because of climate change, or uh, this this idea that climate change is uh, so horrific, and or at least the scenarios going forward, uh, people are really losing hope. There's a sense of hopelessness out there, and Oren is suggesting it's rather palpable. The other thing I worry about is the cynicism of the political class, where uh, if this is something that people sense is uh, so alarming, it has to be addressed no matter the cost. Uh, they leverage those fears, don't they, for political gain? Have you noticed that, Oren? Oh, for sure. It, it, it's such cynicism, and um, it, it's both them and, of course, hate to lump you guys all together, uh, but you know, the media do that as well. Uh, in that case, it's more about uh, you know money, of course, because terror or fear sells. But in the political landscape, I am seeing that. And once again, that speaks to what I was saying earlier, where people feel so aligned, this identitarianism politics, they want to align themselves with one party or the other. And they have to say that if they're on a certain side, they have to say, aha, the other side is so bad. And instead of trying to take a moderate, uh, toned-down approach, they are taking the most extreme perspective. And once again, it fuels their own fears. And their children and families are hearing this. I can't stress that enough. Parents have to be more responsible about how they discuss these things, whether it's among um, adult children 
or younger children. Have you noticed a confirmation bias as well? Uh, for example, if people say uh, the wildfires in Alberta or hurricane season down in Florida, it was ever thus, but uh, that is being used to reemphasize that we're in the throes of a real drastic scenario here. Uh, have you noticed any of that playing out? Definitely, including the earthquakes in California. You know, never mind the fact that California has always been at risk. They've had those, uh, you know, the, uh, those plates have always been, uh, you know, very precarious. And, and people are ignoring that, and they're going, see, evidence, climate change. Uh, whereas if, if someone says, well, okay, here's the facts, and they try to show them, you know, historical records, they go, oh, you're a climate change denier. And this black and white thinking, rather than taking a nuanced stance and saying, you know what, we probably have some very, you know, serious issues developing. They've been developing for years. Um, but let's not take a fatalistic view. Let's look at a, you know, a reasonable approach to actually dealing with this rather than just fear-mongering for some personal or political gains. Yeah, so I was curious, what would be the antidote? Uh, Responsible adults not propagandizing, uh, keeping things in perspective? How do you see it? I I believe so, and I believe that on the ground level. Look, we can't, most of us can't control the government or the scientists involved, but we can control how we discuss this among ourselves. And, you know, when, when we start forming these camps, you're either Team A or Team B, and you have to join one of those groups, you're not fostering discussion. It's just name-calling and it's divisiveness, and, and it's not helping. And once again, uh, you might feel good in the moment that you've lashed out at somebody and called them a bad name, but afterwards, you still have to sit with this narrative that you've created in yourself saying, we're doomed. At least I'll be on the right side of history, but we're all doomed. And it's not helpful. <laughs> you've been helpful. Thank you so much, Oren, for your time as always. Thank you very much. I hope I haven't blown too much hot air. No, no, not at all. Are you kidding? Uh, if anything, it's uh, CO2 and we can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> Oren Amate, registered psychologist and media commentator. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 